and welcome back to episode two of your mammoth mystery megaliths well that's a bit of a mouthful isn't it yes um yeah so if you haven't already i suggest you go and listen to part one Mm -hmm. before you tune into this bit um because i don't really know how to do a recap i'll do a very basic recap there's just strange stuff everywhere around the world that some archaeologists and scientists haven't bothered to carbon date (laughs) currently basically history is saying they're one date Mm -hmm. and this guy graham who is done a documentary about a netflix documentary is suggesting that the historians have got it wrong and they're actually were built much earlier and were actually built by people before the last the end of the last ice age which would support a lost ancient civilization Mm -hmm. and what is that uh, netflix documentary again it's called ancient apocalypse okay okay so like i said i suggest you go and listen to the first episode to get a full bit otherwise you're going to be playing a little bit of catch up here and you might struggle a little bit um but also i'm not going to lie the first episode's quite long and yeah i don't think this one's going to be much shorter i'm not going to (laughs) lie but hopefully you've enjoyed it and also um if you have just tuned in and you decide you're not going to listen to the first episode uh we were recommended this one by one of our listeners eves so uh thank you for this um and if you really hate you can blame eves (laughs) (laughs) that's not very nice (laughs) no it's not very nice hopefully you do enjoy i'm hoping i'm doing it justice after all this time because i genuinely did watch the documentary and it's like oh yeah this is really good this is really interesting Mm. and then i came to write it and i found it really difficult to write because i don't like doing lots of writing that's probably why it was a series of what eight episodes yeah yeah Yeah. originally it was eight episodes but i didn't know how we were going to do that in this i thought at first i could make all my notes and then sort of just mention the important bits but as i started writing it's like no i need to include that bit for later and i couldn't cut bits out so i've done that within reason so if you want to you can go and check the documentary out if you haven't already maybe if you already have you might know roughly what i'm on about anyway so okay so tell me more tell me more okay so as we ended last time we'd been to the uh bimini road and now we're they travel to turkey so just a little bit away so the next megalith is Gebeki Tepe and structurally is much more advanced than the other ones that we've seen so far and it's believed to be around 11,600 years old which is right at the end of the last ice age mm. so historians are saying we've literally just come out of an ice age and they're about to build the most advanced structure we've seen yet out of the other ones that we've seen so far well you know not when impossible you... <laughs> yeah when you like nail something first time yeah it's just that it's supposed to be this okay. yeah so you come out of an ice age you know you're like still shaking after the fact like i don't know you've lost all your family members and half the earth is now under the sea but you know you're so shaken up about it you build the most magnificent structure you've ever seen well that's usually when the best things happen when you're depressed i mean to be fair when you look at how like we stress worked i did actually do it i was quite impressive under pressure see yeah so yeah maybe maybe that's why i need just a good scare and i can get on with more <laughs> I'm not recommending it. It's very stressful. Yeah, yeah, no, and it winds do you that. down. Yep. Okay. So it's built on the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is made up of four circular enclosures with T-shaped megaliths in the middle of each enclosure. So I say enclosure, it's sort of... Like a zoo? <laughs> no, it's more... It hasn't got a roof. Okay. But they're like different circular enclosures all built together and there's a connections between... Okay each one does oh. that make sense yes but i'm so it's like, like all look got it walls up. yep okay and this one's been built into the side of the hill so it's slightly altered over the thousands of years mm-hmm. because earth is slightly shifted and things will have grown in it like it will have filled with mud and sand 
and bits of it will have been lost and part of it's underground. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, and then these T-shaped megaliths. So basically it's like one upright one with another one laying across the top. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the smaller pillars, um, sorry, the smaller pillars have carvings of animals on them. Is this the one that's got the phallus shaped? (laughs) I can't remember if it is. There's one that's got phallus shaped things in it. It might be the next one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, these T-shaped megaliths, so, like, basically, it's one upright pillar with other little ones laying across the top to literally make a T-shape. Yeah. And they have in it, carved into it, they have uh, little depictions of animals, which some, obviously, is sort of traditionally linked with ancient Greeks, like, hieroglyphics sort of thing. Um, Some are saying it's much earlier and linked with things with, like, stars and astrology, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Okay, so they've given each enclosure a different letter. So enclosure D um, dates back to around 11,600 years ago. However, enclosure A, which they believe is the latest one to have been built, dates around to 10,500 years ago. So nearly a thousand years difference. So like those other pyramids Mm. have been added to over time. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly... Each time they've added an enclosure, the orientation was slightly different in terms of the entrances, like that other one that we looked at before in, in order to follow a star. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to, it's not been proven, mm. but you could say, are they building them for a specific reason? Could that reason be a certain star that they're yeah. trying to track? Mm-hmm. And it's changed over certain times due to procession. Mm-hmm. Okay. So enclosure D is the largest and most intricate so maybe Graham's thrown out there that that was the first one built yeah. and the others have been added. So in 2003, uh, Radar discovered 20 stone enclosures in within them inside the hill with more than 200 pillars, but most of it is unexcavated. So it's not even been looked at. Yeah. So there's more to it than what we currently know. Could some of those be even older than Enclosure D is what Graham's putting yeah. forward because they're more buried. So... It could have been, they could have been built inside afterwards, they've added to it after the someone's come later, gone into Enclosure D and then built more inside. Or, if you want to go like the other pyramids, those inner ones were built first and the other ones were added to it. Afterwards. If those ones are older than Enclosure D, obviously Enclosure D is 11,600 years ago, which mm-hmm. was the end of the last Ice Age. So if you want to believe the inside ones are even older, yeah. that means they would have had to have been built before the end of the last Ice Age, supporting... Graham's theory of an advanced lost civilization, but of course it's not been excavated, so we don't know. Yes, looking at this um, picture, it says that it's also looking at Sirius mm-hmm. for a constellation, okay. which links back yeah. to the other one. So yeah. again, more links with the mm. others. So then they move on to somewhere called Karahan Tepe. It's so it'll be it's similar to the other one, mm-hmm. except for the fact that one side is carved out of the bedrock so rather than it having been built in sort of an open area one side of it is carved straight into the bedrock and then so it's almost like they've used one side is natural and the other three sides are man-made if that makes sense so they've almost used the earth to help them build it yeah makes sense yeah okay so it looks like there's a podium or seating area and the symbols 
um, depict robed figures. So rather than animals this time, it's robed figures. So some could say this might be rituals or worships of a certain person, which I don't think is too far-fetched. Then within one of the chambers is ten phallus-shaped pillars, and on the eleventh, then there's an eleventh one, which has a freestanding pillar carved out of the bedrock. So this is again out of the original earth, um, which leads to a snaped chambered passage. Now, when it said that, I was like, "Does it like does it mean snake?" It's not. It's basically it winds a little bit. So oh. some people are saying it's snaking. Okay. Okay. So yep. is this symbolism? I'm thinking Adam and Eve. Yeah. You've got phallus. Yeah. Uh, Adam. And Eve's tempted by the naughty snake, which goes up into another chamber and then end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, where I'm it. going with this. Yeah. Okay. It also then leads, that then leads to, that snake chamber leads to a large carved out dominating head. Could that symbolise God or a God? So Could do. Eve's been naughty, she's been tempted by the naughty snake. Yeah. Now I'm just and looking now at all the... she's got to face um, God. <laughs> I'm looking at all the, uh, the symbols on them. Kind of look like gargoyles as well yeah there's a whole mixture which is why they're saying they think some have been added later on yeah as like things have been interpreted or is a lot of it a lot earlier and it means something completely different mm-hmm. we don't we don't know is the answer yeah parts of it have been looked at and parts of it like oh it looks quite similar to this so we're going to say it was created by this person but they've not actually looked it just looks similar so they've said it is Without actually excavating it. So it's a bit hit and miss. Yeah. Okay. So obviously only one chamber's been excavated, but radar reveals that there is in fact 20. However, the rest of those haven't been excavated. So we don't know what time they were created, basically. Yeah. And then there's he speaks to... He's a historian, but I think he does... He's also done a bit of work on astrology, so he's one of those rare ones that's quite happy to mix in between the two different sciences. I think and you need that to like understand everything. Yeah, or at you least can't be just be like open to other yes. people's interpretations. Exactly. A lot of them, yes, they do contradict each other, mm. but there's also aspects that could help build a different story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, like I said, I'm not saying that Graham's wrong in any of this and i'm also not saying that the other people are stupid for not checking it Mm. but i think there's a lot of no one everyone believes in what they believe in and they don't want to share it or change because it dramatically changes what they originally believed and it kind of shits on their own work yeah exactly um so a lot of them just aren't willing to do it no so they he basically looked at one of the stones that does have carvings in it and it's known as the vulture stone yes i've seen that it Mm -hmm. looks exactly like a vulture Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's also within it there's other symbols. He broke it down. There's other little bits in between, and I, I don't want to just say squiggly lines because they obviously have far more significance than that. And he was, was suggesting it could possibly represent a date and a star. Okay, mm. because a lot of the little figures further on them re- um, have correlations with animals that you would find in constellations. Yeah. So he said, saying, is it a date stamp? Maybe because then you've kind of got like a little scorpion below mm-hmm. the vulture one. And then um, kind of looks like a smaller school, uh, vulture, but I'm not sure. Could be. So he's he's effectively saying based on a star, like it's a date stamp. Like we maybe saw this star or this constellation at this on this day. Yeah, because the vulture looks like it's holding something circle. That could mm-hmm. be the star. That could be a sun. Don't know. Hmm, interesting. So could that represent winter solstice, summer solstice? Could do. So this is what this guard was putting forward, that that's what it, it could literally be a date stamp. And the reason why these pillars are in certain places and in different temples is because it's following a specific star. Yeah. And I think that's 
pretty val- like valid. I don't think there's anything wrong no. in that, but officially in the history records, they're not recognising it. There's one on a different pillar that looks like kind of like a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, some of them they couldn't, and this is why historians won't approve it, because no. they're saying, that works for that idea, mm. but the other one, we don't know what it is, so it doesn't work. It must mean something else. Yeah. So rather than trying to figure out, maybe they just miss one. Maybe there's a star they haven't figured out yet and it has a different meaning for another animal. Or maybe some of them have dual reasons. Yes. Hold on, I'm, I'm like in a rabbit hole now. There's like a dinosaur on it. It doesn't mean it's on that one. But never mind. Yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, there's a whole... Each yeah. of the pillars has something slightly different on yeah. it. So I'm going to go with, if you want to believe like those other temples, they were built and constructed and carved at certain times depending on what star they were following. So that, again, would go back to the whole there's an ancient advanced civilization because they have enough to understand procession and the change in orientation of stars um, and that they're able to follow and track it. Yeah. So that wouldn't the hunter gatherers that have just come out of the ice age are, are not doing that. I don't think it, it it points to a more advanced civilization. Basically, is where I'm going with that. Once I then look to this vulture stone, before I go on to the next part, I want to talk to you a little bit about something called the Younger Dryas, um, which was a major event. The Younger Dryas or Dryas, Dryas, oh. Dryas, Dryas, Dryas. <laughs> you got a Dryas. <laughs> We're so very mature. Um, yeah, because that's going to crop up quite a bit in this next bit and I kind of want to explain it now rather than having to go back over and keep explaining myself. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this. It it was a major event in history. So it started 12,800 years ago and ended 11,600 years ago. So that's happened... a long time to have a dress. <laughs> yeah, a dress. Oh, it is. <laughs> so obviously it coincides with the last ice age. Okay. Okay. So... It's linked with sort of like a tremendous geological upheaval is how they sort of describe it in the in this programme. It's basically immense flooding followed by a thousand years of freezing temperatures, which obviously changed the earth. And it's when things like saber-toothed tigers and mammoths went extinct. Mm. Okay. So it's a massive change. It's not like just a bit of a storm. It's like everything massive change. A bit like a melting of the ice caps yeah, sort of thing. Wait, hold on a minute. I thought Cleopatra was around when mammoths were still around, which in my head Mm-mm. is not logical. But I thought that was... Is... Well, maybe in this lost civilization, maybe she was. <laughs> because when I read that, I was just like, hold up a minute. Are you sure you're not just thinking of like hairy elephants? <laughs> I have my... <laughs> I'm very tired, I don't know. I'm sure, because I read that and I was just like, that can't be... No, because like the saber tooth tiger. To be fair, I'm thinking you know you know Ice Age. The... Yes, I know. <laughs> but to be fair, I did just read it online, so therefore uh, you can say anything, and I'll be like, oh, really? <laughs> but yeah, so eleven thousand six hundred years ago, the freeze ended, um, which then obviously caused another immense flooding, causing the sea levels to rise, which is where you're thinking Noah. Yeah, well, that's where a lot of the stories are holding in the ark. <laughs> No, we're in the whale. <laughs> in the whale. Um, obviously, a lot of these stories then follow in the, in the next sort of thousand years afterwards. Mm. People start bringing, this is where religion starts coming in. Mm. And at the moment, they're saying that's because we started civilization okay. after 11,600 years ago. So we started writing about it. What if it wasn't? What if we were around, this is where Wayne's going, right? what if we were around before <sighs> this catastrophic event happened, those that survived then start recording things better or in an alternative way okay 
We should have had lunch before we recorded this because I can concentrate. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this is basically what's going to go into in the second half of it, which is why I wanted to explain the younger... Dry ass. And now I keep going to say dry ass. But yes, dry ass. Dry ass. Okay. So obviously, massively, obviously as that dry ass melts, (laughs) melts... (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say smells. The ice might smell. As the ice melts, mm-hmm. the sea levels dramatically rise, which oh, would explain... Oh, does that happen? Yeah. Oh, no. So, whereas before, when they were mentioned in the Ice Age, do you remember in... It was near the beginning of the last episode, I mentioned about... They were saying about a big freeze, but obviously that shouldn't cause the sea levels to rise because yeah. the temperatures are too cold. Yeah. What he's saying is there's another catastrophic event at the end of the Ice Age, where obviously they start melting the ice, mm-hmm. and that's what causes increases the sea levels to rise and therefore a lot of these structures if they have survived half of them are now underwater okay and obviously i'm not in yes island islands what is now islands weren't islands before but they become islands in this catastrophic event because mm-hmm. the water on a mass scale starts flooding everywhere i get you okay obviously if that happened that would have rapidly buried a lot of these megaliths that we've already looked at some of them it might not have completely destroyed them or immersed them but those you know where some of it where part of it's underwater they've obviously not been too badly affected but others we might not know about because they have been completely consumed by water and we haven't discovered them yet Mm -hmm. because we haven't gone that far i don't know where that bit's come from (laughs) this is where my notes make sense i think there was supposed to be another subheading there where he starts talking and they go to a place because i've just put man-made hill (laughs) (laughs) man-made hill the hill is man-made Grapes. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't tell me where it is. And all I've written is about <laughs> an abandoned, destroyed enclosure, like it's a man-made hill. And it's... Oh, I think it's him at the beginning of the episode, like he's doing the captions of what's about to come in the thing. I remember this now. Right, this anyone that does this that takes notes when they're watching a programme will know exactly what I've done. It's like, not a recap, but it's like, you know, at the beginning of the episode when they're going to go, in this episode, yeah, and yeah, start yeah. scrolling. And then you're like... like Oh, okay, oh. this is where it doesn't make sense. So this is exactly what I've done here, which is why I later highlighted the bottom bit, because like this is where it starts from. Okay. Okay. I told you I was going to fuck this next pick up. Bick up? Bits? Up. Oh, oh my God, Natasha. <laughs> I'm losing it. We've still got a way to go. Right, okay. So for this one, he the rest of this is all pretty much in America, uh, mm. the next points that he visits. And this is... He's already done previous work on America's lost civilization. So that's where he brings this in and links it at the end with all these other ones that he's discovered in his earlier episodes, basically. So I'm going to look at these ones. And these ones that he mentions here basically obviously follow a similar pattern as you're about to discover, but these ones are specific to America. So this first one that we go to is a place called Poverty Point. Now, it gets his name um, because there used to be, on that spot, a plantation um, and obviously you get things like slaves and obviously, uh, well, slave labour. So it now it's known as Plantation Point, but he's going to go back and say it was actually around far earlier than that. So it's obviously, at the moment, historians think it's a man-made spot, hill, um, and it, it's not. It's 50 miles west of the Mississippi River, and it was <laughs> historians have listed it on the site as a scenic hill. Okay, so they built it man-made. They put all the mud together and made a nice big hill so you can see far away. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
they've just labelled these hills as mounds. So there's several ones in this area. Is this a Native American burial site? There were some people have made some links to where some of them are. But as you're going to go in, I think it might be possibly another type of these megaliths that's eventually got covered with earth, sort of. Okay. Okay. So these immense man-made structures, uh, there's the first one is known as Mound A, and it contains uh, both human figures, like, you know, like printed into little artifacts. So at some point people have lived there because mm-hmm. of, based on the artifacts that are there. So when at the top, you ha- it's a pretty flat horizon and you can see 360 degrees around you. So when you stand at the top, you can look all the way around you and see everywhere. Um, it's obviously not a... It's not believed to be a defensive structure because there isn't, like, any walls or anything. It's literally, like... Effectively, it's a mound. Yeah. So, defensively, other than the fact your attackers are going to be pretty out of breath by the time they reach you at the top, it serves no... Nothing nothing as a defence. It appears <laughs> it's a pretty useless one. But if someone's running up, you just run down. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're more likely to trip if you, like, when you go down. You're just quicker <laughs> on the way down, then. Roll down. I'm thinking cheese rolling. Yeah. Okay. So, it's believed that it originally stood at 100 feet, um, and at one point of it, it has a 43-acre plaza mm. on it. So, it's got six concentric ridges, each as tall as six foot, and they're levelled off at the top, creating a half circle with a diameter of uh, three quarters of a mile. So, this thing is massive. Mm. So basically, it's lots of like little semicircles on a platform, and it's broken up into a series of aisles. And to me, it reminded me of an amphitheatre. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, that's basically what it looks like. But it's now it just looks like mounds of earth because it's basically got grass on the top of it. Yeah. I'm wondering if the stone underneath and it's more man-made. Or even if it is out of earth, the man-made, like they've structured it that way. So scattered nearby are six ma- other massive man-made mounds labelled A to F. Okay. Okay. So... It's one of the largest structures in America and dates back to, well, at the moment, 3,700 years ago, um, long before livestock was um, kept on the site. So, But also, I don't see, when I was looking at it, I don't see how it was supposed to keep livestock in. The historians were saying it was in all these little lots because you would have had different livestock in each area and it would have enclosed them in, but I don't. when I looked at it, I don't really see how, I'll be honest. I was a bit, I, Not that it's far-fetched, but... I didn't really see it as being effective. They're seeing, well, trying to find a purpose for it and you're not Mm -hmm. seeing it. Yeah. So some were saying, if you want to go back to the whole amphitheater look, could you say it's ceremonial performance, like they would have gathered people around to, I don't know, whether it's sharing a story or something ritual or religious. Yeah. Would that be a meeting area? And because you could meet a vast amount of people there. I mean, I know they're not going to have like a megaphone, you stand in the middle and you shout it out, but could everyone be there to see something? Mm. So... It would explain like you'd be able to have a mass of people there, wouldn't you, based on the size? Yeah. So, at the moment, there is no documents to survive to tell us exactly what its purpose was. So, we, again, we don't know. So, south from Poverty Point is Lower Jackson Mound, which dates back much further to 3500 BC. The flat horizon around it allows you to observe the rising and the setting of the sun and the moon. So you can see where it's um, going to go in terms of linking this with yeah. the other ones. And because it's got the amphitheater and the little rooks in, like it will hit at certain points. 
so yeah, if you stand at the eastern edge of the oval space, at the heart of the plaza, the summer solstice falls directly in line with Mound B, the oldest mound, okay? Mm-hmm. If you stand from the same vantage point in the winter solstice, falls directly behind Mound E. So this is now starting to suggest that each mound is built yeah, based on the type of solstice. Yeah, right? I see. Move to the western edge and the same inner oval and the sun rises directly over Mound C. Winter solstice, the sun rises directly over Mound D. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you gaze directly west through the centre of the plaza on either spring or fall equinox, then the sun appears to roll down the northern edge of Mound A. Okay? So again, still linked to the stars. Mm-hmm. So... Graham is saying that it was basically, it's clearly created to track the stars and things in the sky. So it's a calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, which I think is plausible. Mm-hmm. Historians are saying no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's what he's basically said in basic okay. terms in this thing. He's, they're like, no. They're like, yeah, they're just like, no, we did thingy. And then he's just like, no, they said no. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so... If you read other things, like I said, the amphitheatre, like when I first said it, it does sound like it could be a big gathering for places. Mm. But then again, like I said, it fits in nice with the camera. Maybe it had a dual purpose. You know, like now, how we change theatres and we use them for different things other than yeah. pantomimes. Maybe that's what they were doing then. <laughs> they give it a dual, a, dual, <laughs> a dual purpose. Do you know what I mean? But like now, or like churches, they're converting them so people can do, like, it's not just for weddings and funerals. Yeah. Maybe that was their version then. They've just made everything dual purpose. So it's like tracking the stars. It's a calendar, but also, you know, we can put on a show. Possibly, maybe that's when they have to do a certain play to appease the gods. It's not always sacrificing yeah. things. Or it could just be pure entertainment, yeah. for all we know. Maybe the moon is at the perfect angle for a spotlight. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Let's see, we solved it. This chair's very nice. Hold on, let me move. <laughs> okay. Okay, so then at one part of it, archaeologists found a large circle with holes in it, like, into the ground, that were not massively deep, but sort of deep. Like, they were noticeable. And so the archaeologists suggested they might have had stones inside them stood upright, similar to henges. So, like, Stonehenge that you would find in England. Um, there was there was another one that had some left. There was 40 wood henges, hen, henges bloody hell, at poverty point at one of theirs. So... Could it be that one time they shifted from using wooden ones to stone ones? Stone lasts longer. Yeah. Yeah, obviously some of these was it was like fossilised into the ground, so that's how they knew it was there. But effectively it, it aids the same thing. Um, so multiple were built over different times and in slightly different positions, like in Malta. So again, are they following a certain star? Um, so or if you want to look at it, depending on how many pillars there was, was it like a clock, a way of telling the time? Mm. Because it was in like a circular Sundial. shape. And like, yeah. yeah. And that's how it was. So like, would it be like times of the day? Maybe. So yeah, it could be a combination of you. So there could be tracking stars and a clock at the same time. So yeah. you don't know. So then we move on to the next part. And 600 miles north of Poverty Point in Ohio, perched on top of a densely forest forested ridge, stands... A shape in the form of a living creature. That living creature being a 400 metre long snake. So this area is known as Serpent Mound. Mm. So again, people are like, it's just a mound, like a load of earth that they've all put together and made a pretty animal out of it. To me, it seemed quite significant that it was a serpent because I feel like that's a bit of a theme going on. Yeah, it's not just going to naturally... 
Well, it's not naturally occurring, but out of all of the animals, this serpent seems to be one that's reoccurring for the time. So could it be significant? Which is very annoying that Sirius is not the state snake's constellation because that would have been perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So starting from its coiled tail, there's seven bends in its body and it winds its way to the head where its gaping jaws appear it's about to engulf a separate oval earthwork so i'm guessing that'd be like it's prey so if you want to go i don't know a mouse or something yeah so it could be that so that's basically what they're saying like it's like an architectural thing historians saying like it's um not a bit of fun but it's it's reason there it's like arty if you like okay so if a mound extends more than a quarter of a mile from its jaws in the northwest to its tail on the southwestern corner of the hilltop Mm. originally there was a circle of standing stones by its head but we're not known why was it a crown well no i'm thinking going back to poverty point they've got those circles with the stones could it be linked Mm. so they used it on that specific point because Mm. it's tracking whatever they were tracking in the other place maybe to see if it's different maybe okay so i thought it was a good link back so just behind the head are two decorative extensions also unknown to the purpose But the way I looked at it, it doesn't look that distinctively, but when you want to go back to the dragon episode and they predict them with horns, could it be something to do with what they used as a symbol back then, like what it symbolised? So it could have an important reason, it might not. Is it on like the outside of the mound? So it's not like eyes? It's, no, it's like, it's not separate from it, but you, I don't know how to describe it. You know when they used to do old drawings, like it's not all together, it's not like they draw the it on top of each other. Mm. You know, like now we'd use different colours to depict mm. different parts. They do it slightly outside of it to depict oh, a yeah, different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So rather than the arms and the legs being attached, it's slightly mm. a, a little bit away from it. But it's like that's supposed to be an extra pointy bit hanging out of it or whatever. You... Okay. Plus, um, so they didn't have different colours then. So, well, they did, but they just didn't know how to use them quite how we use them today. So, yeah, they, they couldn't do it on top of each other. So, obviously, the sign. We want to know who built it and why. So the sign at the site will tell you that it was built around 1000 AD by indigenous people referred to at the forked ancient culture. Sorry, referred to as the forked ancient culture. But the truth is that no one actually knows how old this is. So that it could be indigenous, Mm -hmm. but they don't actually know. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're claiming it is. Okay. The 1000 AD was based on only two samples of organic material taken from what may have been a reconstructed part, i.e. a bit that was built much later than the rest of it. So they haven't actually excavated the main thing. Just a part of it. Yeah, very much like all of these other ones. (laughs) Okay, so because no other sample has been taken from another area, um, they can't really date it. However, one by someone that goes in as part of this documentary does date a bit back, and they date it back to 321 BC, which is obviously quite a bit earlier than the other one. Not as old as all these other ones we've done, but if that's just one other area, mm. and it's still relatively near the surface, what's about if there's more underneath? Well, yeah. Okay. So, Graham couldn't reinvestigate or dig further because he was actually banned from Serpent Mound. <sighs> And they do a little bit in the documentary where, like, he's obviously gone digging and he tries to say stuff and they ban him from a thing and don't let him back in and said he can't do any more <laughs> filming there. So he can't do any more investigation. So they banned him for his suggestion that the Serpent Mound 
uh, design and the idea behind it goes back to a time obviously much earlier than 300 BC, mm-hmm. more likely 10,000 years ago to the end of the last ice age. And that being that because it involves astronomy and the skies and they're saying that basically the historians are going, it's all pants, your whole thing of linking it in with tracking the moon and the sun and the stars. So we've banned you from the place. That's what he said that they've said. And he claimed, I think he read out a bit of an email, but obviously you can't see it. So... Take it how you want to take it. Yeah, I've just Googled it. My God, that does proper look like a snake. There's no yeah. way that's natural. Like that, the way that is, that's clearly man-made. Yeah, but obviously the con- it, they're contesting over when it was created. They're saying only 1000 AD historians. Graham's arguing that it might be earlier. Mm. Okay. So, depending, this is then what when would Graham be the goes. Point of that? Sorry, what would be the point of that? That's strange. Well, this is what he's saying. Mm. He thinks it does have a reason to link with the stars, and that's what I'm about to get on with, mm. onto. Okay. Um, but the Americans obviously won't let him investigate, so this is his theory from the photos that he's been able to gather and the information that he was able to get before he was banned. <laughs> <laughs> so depending on the time of year, the jaws perfectly align with where the sun sets, so summer solstice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as the jaws are open, yeah, that's where the sun... Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's saying it also works as a compass. Now, serpents are renowned for their ability to change their skin, so plausible that they would be added to or reconstructed to over time if you want to go with that whole... That's what they believe in animals. Like It sort of adds to the whole... That's why they picked that animal out of all of the animals. Yeah. Um, and the saying is that why it's been linked with a lot of these things to do with the moon. So obviously if things change over time, and obviously snakes typically... They, as symbols, they're depicted, obviously, with being able to change their skin. So that's where they're going with, with yeah, this yeah, theory. Yeah. Okay, so this is the thing when he looked at it. Even though what he's done is pretty much a mark with how the sun rises, it's ever so slightly off, which is why some of them won't credit. It's not like miles off that it's implausible, but it's different. But then I'm thinking, if the landscape's changed over many thousands of years, when it was originally built, did it sit perfectly? Yeah, I just found a little picture that like yeah you stand there it matches up with the Mm -hmm. summer solstice which you just said and if you stand to the left of it it is where the moon yeah the moon hits perfectly with the yeah so this is what he's saying is depending on the time but that fits in with astrology yeah but obviously that completely changes the meaning of what they've said if the historians have said it's for so they're like no we're not having it it's very strange the way i've like it's very interesting. Mm. So obviously, so I'm thinking. Obviously, it's Native American at this time. What's the significance of that to them, or the people before them? Mm. But then, if you look at these other megaliths, if they're tracking something, yeah. could this be one? This particular one it's built is it built to track it? And the reason it's off slightly sometimes is because of procession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Um, and he say, and that's what he's saying. He thinks it's because of procession. So every now and then, it slightly shifts and it's off. Mm. And that's why um, it doesn't always, it's not perfectly in line. Mm. So then he gets in another astronomer and they refer to something called the obliquity of the ecliptic. Okay. Very good. That was very good. I, I know, I nearly didn't get that out. Okay. Which is obviously that going back very to the procession. Yeah, going yeah. back to the procession, it's obviously we know the Earth is tilted on its axis. Mm hmm. Um, but that tilt is not fixed or constant. No. Okay, so going back to this ob- 
obliquity of ecliptic. <laughs> so it changes over a 41,000-year cycle, so yep. a long period of time. It changes roughly two and a half degrees over that cycle. Okay, so not a massive amount, but it's enough that it would affect the placements of things. So it effectively, the basic way to describe it is it nods back and forth, mm. um, which affects the rising and position of the sun on the summer solstice, which again would link back with the serpent, why sometimes it doesn't perfectly align. Okay, meaning at the one point they could have lined up perfectly, but when they um, when they went back and added it to the procession and looked at when it did perfectly meet, the days were much earlier than when the historians are suggesting it's built, which added credit to Graham's theory of it was from an ancient civilization from before the end of the last ice age. Okay. So this adds to it. So if that if Graham's right, the serpent man was exactly centered on the sun around twelve thousand eight hundred years ago, mm. which was the very beginning of the younger dryas and before the end of the last ice age. Okay. So at the very peak of the ice age, around twenty thousand years ago, much of North America was covered by ice by an ice cap over a mile deep. Mm. And if you look, um, oh, sorry, if you look at Ohio's serpent mound at that time. It marks the furthest. It's marked the furthest south that the North American ice sheet reached. So, could it be a marker point? Mm. Okay. Giant ice cliffs rising um, just by this ridge, then followed by the younger Dryas. Then, um, Native Americans uh, would have used the serpent to represent the Earth's changes, um, and it relates back to a legend of Aquarius. I think is how you say it. So basically that links back to all the Native Americans and it's very similar in the sense that it brings in about the whole flooding. And it's almost another version of some of the other stories heard, so like the Batak people and... Oh my God, what were the other ones I mentioned in the last episode? I can't remember off the top of my head. Maltese? Yes. Um, There was another one as well, but I can't remember it now off the top of my head. Oh, the Isis and um, the Horus one. that, That was the Maltese one, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. You'll have to go back and check the other episode, won't you? So yeah, so basically, these again, it's another occurrence of another version of the same story. So is it a case of that's been passed down? Mm. They've come into contact with someone, almost like a travelling, like, they've done it and then they've interpreted it, like how now we see different religions where it's basically the same story. It's yeah. just had extra bits added into it. Yeah. Okay, so, but I thought it was quite interesting how it could have been the like a marker from where these ice cats were. It's almost like tracking like where it's going. You know now we track the ice cats mowing. Could that have been an ancient version of it? Maybe. But it also supports Graham's theory of them being much more advanced mm. than simple hunter-gatherers. Mm. Um, so then they move on to the next episode. So they then go back to Turkey for this. So 240 miles northwest of Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, which we mentioned in the last episode, is a hidden city. Yeah. Okay. It's currently unknown who constructed it, but it must have been motivated by fear. But of what fear is how we start the episode. Okay. So this is Derin Kinyu, and it looks like an unremarkable town. That was until 1963 when developers working on a house knocked through a floor which exposed a hidden tunnel mm. it led to an like to a sorry it led to a forgotten world 
carved out of the bedrock, so the very core of the, like the, well, it's obviously still external, but you're basically digging into actual earth. Lying under the town is a, is an entire mysterious subterranean complex, not one for claustrophobic people, unfortunately, because it's a series of very small tunnels. Um, and basically this next part of it is going to go into civilizations that for some reason had to suddenly hide underground. And I think you can kind of guess where it's going to go if there's a massive flood. Where do you yeah. hide? Yeah. Possibly underground. Mm. Could this be how some of them have survived? Maybe. Do you really want to be underground if there's a massive flood? Yeah, but if... or Well, this is where then later as well it goes into the apocalyptic thing of there's also stars burning up bits of the earth. I just don't imagine going underground is the safest bet if there's a flood. But did they know that? No. Probably not. Or had they built it before for something, for other reasons, and just so happens when these floods happen, they seal off whatever hole was at the top of the earth and then they hide away in these places. Like, I don't know, we might like just weather it out or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit yeah. hit or miss. Yeah. There's bits of it when you go on, you're a bit like, okay, that makes sense. If it's in the ground, but you happen to be on a hill you're probably fine yeah so it's really hard to tell from like it, when you want to go back to when Graham's was like how high up mm. this would have been in comparison mm. to the water because at the moment it looks like a pretty flat area mm. but would it have been originally I don't know like sea level wise mm-hmm. yeah is this still where are we now I'm lost so Turkey Tur- um, god knows I don't know <laughs> okay so, a series of stone tunnels and chambers going um, as deep as 85 metres, um, Rossi built in it, there's 18 levels of rooms and tunnels. So, like, these are on top of each other. So, the only way I can describe it is, you know when you see an ant farm, like, press against a glass, yeah. and all the different things, this is exactly what it looks like. I quite like that. Mm. I'm tempted to have one, but I don't know how that would... Yes, sorry. Yeah, distracted. So it basically looks like that. And at first I was thinking, yeah, but how do they breathe when they're under the lower ones? And mm. it's okay because they're clever. They created a little chimney bit that pokes out the top that sits all down one side. So on either the levels, they can, breathe. can let air into okay. each one. So okay. it's okay, you can breathe, Natasha. Okay. So basically, um, the entire thing has been hacked out of the bedrock mm. um, and is believed to have been done with simple hand axes, if you base it off what historians are saying. Plausible, but I think you'd need a hell of a lot of people to do it do you not think yeah. well, imagine like with like a little spoon like just sorry i was out. just i was just imagining an ant farm <laughs> <laughs> an army of ants well you wouldn't need an army of people to bloody do it especially you've got to do it quick like we've got a month to make this mate come on get on with it maybe they were just kind of like living under there anyway and then they were like well i want to get to my neighbor but i don't want to go outside oh so i just go through this little tunnel yeah so <laughs> then like maybe they kind of like Maybe there's like a really soft bits and they're just kind of like scratching at it. And then they're like, Ooh. And then, oh. Oh, hello, Barbara. <laughs> and then they keep, I don't know. I don't know. It's drained. Maybe. So they basically, it's a series of narrow tunnels that then open out into larger spaces. So what could be construed as rooms, if you or like. A, yeah, cave. Yeah. So it has been mapped and a, cr- a cross section of the city um, spread in four square kilometres and has around... 15,000 air ducts connecting to upper levels of the surface. So that's what allows you to breathe. Mm -hmm. There's 50 vertical shafts going right down to the water table. So right down to where the water level is. I'm being very mature about this, Natasha, for once. Sorry. (laughs) What else do you want me to call it? 
It is a shout. It is a shout. <laughs> I was fine. I thought I was hiding behind the mic so you couldn't actually see. Okay. It is a shaft. Okay. So also, Derenrinku also means deep well. So kind of appropriate for the place. So oh. was it named after they built this and for this reason or not? It was sort of an off shot. Well, maybe they built the shaft thing and and then it rained yeah. and then they were like oh maybe they built that purpose to and then to collect rainwater so they would have a little well down there oh, maybe i don't know this maybe. might be the purpose of the shaft so obviously it's very complex and they estimated that it could shelter up to twenty thousand people fucking hell yeah so this isn't a little thing so then this is where graham links in with if there's about to be sort of some apocalyptic thing where do you all hide you can take everyone question okay the animals down there. They can have animals down okay. there. Okay, I was going to say, how because do they eat? As we get into it, there's areas where they found the types of ashes. It would have been they've cooked stuff in there, and there okay. was chimneys that that were opposite to the air duct ones that they said they would have cooked stuff in. See, that's very smart because you wouldn't think that'd be like, oh, I need to get the um, the smoke mm-hmm. out. Yeah, they've, they've planned all that. So again, advanced civilization. See, I'd probably be an asshole and not build a. For okay, for my one smoke. of you is the architecture <laughs> of <a> <laughs> don't need in. the uh, way for the fire to get out and then okay, we'll so die of carbon. I'm not carbon. letting you build a house, basically, is where we're um, going with this. Yeah. Okay. It'll be an afterthought and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I need to... I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. Dead. You're suffocating in your own little home. Well, you know, if you've got creature comforts, I guess it's not all that painful a death. <laughs> Right, so it has been examined in parts. So when it was first examined, archaeologists found early Christian artefacts. So based on that, that's when they've dated it from and that's when they're saying it is. Just because they found Christian artefacts in it does not mean that's when it was created. They could have just been like, oh, this is mine now. Yeah. I found no, it. The other Dips. ones, it could have always yeah. been there and we're like, we'll just move in here. Yeah. So, but obviously the historians are going with, that's when it, this is who it was created by. Is it like the Knights Templar or whatever they're called? I don't know. They, uh, I don't know what they did. I can't remember. <laughs> did they steal some stuff and like go hide it somewhere? And they might be the. I don't. I'm very tired. I'm okay. thinking. Well, we'll move on from your yeah. then and carry on with the episode. <laughs> That's why the Christian artifacts might be in there. Is what I'm trying okay. to explain. Okay. So Knights the original Templar. theory was that they were that it was carved out in the 7th century AD by Christians to hide from Arab raiding parties. Not oh, too far raiding parties? Ra- a... Raiding parties, yes. which is not too far-fetched when you look at the time. So, basically, there was a bit of a war going on. Obviously, a lot of Christian people were moving in, and Arab raiding parties were almost seizing the opportunity, like, we'll take all of their riches. Yes. Sorry. Okay. I've, um, yep. Okay. So, that sort of happened. It wasn't a war, but it was like, you kind of have to hide from them because they're going to take you oh what are you doing sorry the knights templar are catholic military oh, okay. order not christianity okay oh were they hold on one of the most wealthy and popular military orders in western christianity so is that catholic or christian i don't know the difference i still to this day i don't, don't know the difference even after the witch trials i, don't, I generally don't get what the difference is it's a roman catholic military order so would they have the Christianity stuff to put in the tip? God knows. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Okay. We've gone off on a tangent. This episode is long enough as it is, Natasha. 
<laughs> right, okay. I'm sorry, listeners. Natasha's being naughty. <laughs> right. Okay. I was just trying to explain why there might be some Christian artifacts in there, and then I got confused with Catholics. Okay. It's very easily and done. Now I've lost where I am, Natasha. I've got to find it, and I've got to read through my scroll of writing. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Right, okay. Okay, so yes, yeah, so the original theory was that they were carved out in the 7th century AD by Christians who were hiding from Arab raiding parties. Yes. Later excavations found artifacts as early as the 8th century BC. So that's a hundred, a couple of hundred years before the Christians were even there. So Because they don't um, exist. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it wasn't built by the Christians. So... <laughs> So many cultures have used the tunnels over the centuries. Yeah, it makes okay? sense. Yeah. Because like I said, when you move to a new place, you're obviously going to make use of what's already there. You're not going to yeah. be like, I'm going to struggle here and try and build my own structure when there's a perfectly good one there. Like the lava tunnels on the moon. Okay, let's see. So there's lots of theories surrounding this, but nothing's actually been proven by science. And there's also been absolutely no carbon dating done so the date's a complete mystery, which leaves it open to Graham's interpretation of it could have been built much earlier. And I can't disagree with him. I don't blame him for being like, well, no one's bothered to do yeah. it properly. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm claiming put- it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. He's doing what all these people are doing yeah. and claiming it as their own. So this is it. So then I want to go, oh, no, I'm going to get this word wrong. Um, <laughs> no, I can't because okay. this is another one that I did know. Okay, so this is where I now, going back to the Arab raiding parties, I want to do a little bit on history on the air at the time so this is a group of people known as the phrygians and they're around in the 8th century bc Mm -hmm. so they would have been hiding in terror from an invading army called the Assyrians, and they were notorious for skinning prisoners so quite scary people oh okay yeah Yeah. they also impaled and burnt children alive so you know like really like casually like quite nice people vlad the Mm -hmm. impaler yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm also thinking that this you know hiding underground might be quite clever because it's it's sort of an open area it's quite flat and it's not deserts but it's large sandy areas so you know if you've got a little house you might be quite noticeable hide underground oh yes. yes 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 okay and you're not going to be that noticeable so according to accounts, the Assyrians were surprised when they were attacked by Fijians and their tactics seemed to be much more advanced. The Fijians were using the tunnels as hideouts and unexpectedly attacking the Assyrians mm. as they... So obviously, almost like they'd let them in so far. I don't know if you could hear the, hun, hun, uh, the thundering of the hooves of the horses and they go, oh, they're at that point. We'll pop out here and, and attack. attack. It would be a good attack thing. So it's almost like they're sort of suggesting it's an army not an army base, but mm. like it's a tactical mm. sort of thing. Mm. Okay. Within the tunnels are massive stone wheels that could be moved to seal up passage walls. So they're suggesting it's an old type door. Okay. Okay. These rolling doors had a diameter of up to five foot and weighed up to half a ton. So not like easy to move. No. Okay. But did they really build them for this purpose or were they already there and they're making use of them mm-hmm. obviously i think you know where you're going graham's mm-hmm. about to suggest that it was earlier so graham points out that the rock though it is strong is relatively soft and so an army with chisels could have broken them down not very quickly but they could have got in so if they saw them oh wait they're using a passage to hide like you know all it would take is one person well we'll just knock down the door and we can get yeah, the yeah. whole civilization so it's an idea, it's clever if it worked, but it has flaws in the plan. Yeah. Okay. So, 
he doesn't think that it was built by the uh, Phasians and as a defensive as a defensive fort though it was used by them instead he thinks as a clever way to allow privacy between sections to prevent fires spreading so basically a lot of the time when these Assyrians were coming in they were setting fire to settlements he thinks they use these stone walls to block out bits of air to stop the fire from spreading so they could move people to yeah. different parts of the passages that makes sense and then being sense I think that makes yeah. sense but obviously ultimately these tunnels were already there yeah okay there are no known settlements in this area above ground until the 1830s. So that's a much... Well, it's only just over 100 years ago. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been... I don't know how they would have ended up there unless they've already been sort of pushed out from their original settlements somewhere else and they've just sort of ended up there. And is it luckily that they just found that tunnel? I don't... I don't know. It's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Mm. So... Also, the other reason it wouldn't be a very good tactical solution is the fact that if you were hiding from the army, the army could then just seal up the doors from the outside with something else and wait for you to starve to death. Yeah. Um, in which case, there'd be lots of human remains inside and they didn't find that. Unless mm. they've been removed by someone else at another point. I don't know. Scavenger type. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. But again, so could the tunnels be older? And this is where Graham's going with it. So could it be them hiding from something else? Now, the oldest chambers seem to... <laughs> No. <laughs> the oldest chambers seem to be designed not for defensive but for everyday living. There are areas that would have been used for cooking and there are even chimneys, which is what I mentioned before. Mm, which so, I would forget to put in, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was other rooms that were bigger but then they were split into little sections so they were suggesting that it would be like stables or for keeping animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was a winery as well, like Aww. little section bits, like you know, like the little holes cut out. So could you have uh, grapes crushed? But also, because it's much cooler underground, everything would have stayed fresher. Yeah. So if they were trying to ride out a specific, let's say, um, a big event that was coming and you're going to be stuck there for months, almost like you've got to hibernate, you need stuff for months, you take all your animals down with you, everything, but also the food, you're going to keep it fresher for longer. Rather than going up a hill and trying yeah. to carry it all uphill... Dig underground, not only does it cool it, keep a thing cooler and fresher, but you're still a, away from whatever it is that's attacking you from the sky. So it's basically like a subterranean... Mm-hmm. Like a whole civilization. Yeah. Which some people, if you want to go down that conspiracy theory, people do think there is mm-hmm. that below us. Mm. So there we go. So it's a bit obviously like an underground bunker as well. Yeah. So was it built as a refuge to preserve life from danger above? Which mm. is where Graham's all going there. So if you go back, looking then at a certain part of the chamber that they look at, there's little hack um, marks in the wall which would have been um, caused by hand axes. Mm-hmm. And they, um, but based on the cultural layer and the other bits found around it, it, it goes back as far as the first ice age, which would have been obviously much more cavemen-like. So there's parts of it that are very old mm. so it sort of not contradicts what they're thinking but it, it's a bit of an anomaly and it hasn't been investigated any further so mm. we don't really know what it is so one mile from Dereninku, uh, archaeologists examining an ancient riverbed found hand axes and tools dating back to 9500 bc which is the end of the last ice age yeah okay so the same could it be linked okay okay so what makes it remarkable is the fact that Dereninku isn't the only underground city in Cappadocia, okay? In 2013, construction workers stumbled across another series of tunnels at... Nev- oh, is it Nevesir? 
okay, at Nevisir, 17 miles away, and that's even larger than Derenrinko. This one had 36 underground... In total, sorry, 36 underground cities have been discovered in Cappadocia, and that's counting the ones with multiple levels. If you include the ones with only two levels, there are up to 200 that have been discovered that's so a lot. far. So this is a mass, like... Is this still in Turkey? Yeah. Okay. So it's a part of it. So in this whole area... For some reason, they're building mass underground tunnels. And at the moment, we don't really know why, but I guess Graham's going with the whole there's about to be apocalyptic thing, you've got to hide. I've never been to Turkey, so I don't know. Is it kind of like a dusty place? It is a desert. It's not full-on desert like you imagine, Mm. like, Arabia sort of thing, Mm. but it is quite deserty. So that's one reason to be, like, underground. It's cooler as well. Yeah. Yeah. So five miles from Dereninku is... Kamaki, and that's an underground city is made up of eight levels, but is wider than Derenrinko, and it could have supported up to 3,500 people. But most surprisingly, on the third level down, there's a tunnel that spreads far into the distance. It's blocked up now, but it's said that it's connected to Kamaki. It connects Kamaki to Derenrinko, which is five miles away so that would suggest not only are they building several underground ones they're actually building connections mm. to each one so you can travel mm. between so like lots of little settlements joining up together mm. so it's still like you've got your own area like your own town but yeah. you can connect to the others so at least six of the other underground complexes connect to each other so not all of them but a number of them do so just this changed the purpose of it of it being a defensive thing from the army to it being that people have got to live underground for some reason for a substantial amount of time and survive. Mm. I think it does. Mm. So Graham thinks so, and he thinks that it was um, highly motivated by something going on in the culture at the time. So religion's oldest myth is a devout religion called Surfism from an ancient culture of Zoroastrianism, and in the text it talks of an underground city just like Derenenko. Yeah. So Yima, who's obviously one of the... uh, not necessarily a god but um was important at the time was warned of a fatal winter and was to build an underground shelter and bring only the very best of men and women as well as animals two of every kind Uh, now what does that remind you of Noah and the whale (laughs) (laughs) yes natasha Noah and the whale yes so and noah's ark noah's ark okay so they he also warned to bring stores of seeds of every tree, plant and fruit alike, and that this onset of the winter would be heralded by a serpent in the sky. Okay? Mm. I'm thinking comets. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay? Yes. Which would explain, rather than this one just being a flood, would there be a part of the Ice Age where we've also got burning asteroids falling to the ground, similar to what you depict of when the dinosaurs went extinct. Yeah, and they You've got to live yeah. underground. Yeah. And this is where he starts tying in. So see, but it's part of this Ice Age thing. It's not just going to be the ice cap melting. There's going to be several catastrophic events. Yeah. He's saying that one part of this, Graham's saying, is it would have been asteroids, which is a, eventually how the episode, the series ends up being uh, labelled as Ancient Apocalypse, because obviously it's a whole continuation of things. This underground city would support that idea. Mm. It also would explain where the later stories mm. of this and Noah's Ark mm. have come from yeah. because it was a major catastrophic event. These could be the ones that survived the Ice Age yeah. because they went underground. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that all the other structures just got buried. Yeah. 
and that the other people didn't survive. Mm. So I think it's quite plausible. It is. And that then these people would have come out and then maybe hunter-gatherers that weren't in these areas and maybe further inland, mm. obviously even though they've struggled with however now the landscape's been left, it's been left barren, they obviously maybe, let's say, go south, mm. they then come into contact with these that have survived the more advanced, they obviously work together and that's when what we know is a modern civilization is born. So rather than it being what historians are saying of we just got up after the last ice age and started building civilizations, maybe we had them before mm. and now it's merged. It's like a lost... Um... <laughs> my god uh lost thingy yeah i know what you mean so yeah so basically it's a merging of yeah effectively two different types of cultures because like when you had like neanderthal what were the ones before neanderthals um yeah basically they're all the same yeah some are just slightly more advanced than the others yeah. i think this is just another version of it yeah um missing link that's it we would there you go yeah and i think that's exactly what's happened here which is what effectively graham is saying has gone on and i think it's quite plausible because i don't see how we can all be neanderthals and then we just suddenly get up and start building civilizations one it's day like, hmm, no i want a wheel yeah <laughs> and also how if it was that apocalyptic the ice age how did we survive yeah we must have been intelligent enough to have known to go underground <laughs> or somewhere else <laughs> We go higher up for the floods and yeah. underground for the comets. Yeah. And we... how would we do that? Track the stars and the sun and the moon and I don't know, have a look at what's going on. Like, oh, there's some big fiery like... balls in the sky. <laughs> so that ball is getting bigger. It looks quite hot as well. It's, it's getting, getting bigger. Warm. <laughs> Get it? Like, I swear it's getting bigger. We need to, like, check that it's getting bigger. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Balls. So I think, uh, obviously, Graham at this point is saying he thinks it's strange that all the megaliths, even though they're very far apart and from around the world, that he thinks it would be strange if they weren't connected at all, considering they all seem to have a baseline of similar things. Yeah. Or at least they've been initially created by someone and then they've travelled around the world and shared their stories and these structures have come from what that person has said, mm -hmm. which I think is yeah. plausible. So then this then brings you on to what was the last episode. And obviously at the beginning... Um, it briefly mentions prehistoric America and then goes back to the Younger Dryas. And this first half is a bit more in detail about that. So this basically goes down to the what was there before the Younger Dryas, okay, in terms of prehistoric America. So they're looking at was there evidence of an apocalypse? So not just a flood, but comets flying from the sky. I was going to say from the ground, from the sky. Okay. <laughs> So in northwestern America, there's um, something called the channeled scablands. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm, don't think so. No. Okay. So it's an apocalyptic landscape covering 2,000 square miles. Oh, is this where all like the meteorites hit? Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. So there's giant scars, obviously, in the rock mm. where the world's like, been split up. Um, but it effectively looks like... It almost does look like you're landing on the moon or something. It's basically like giant potholes. It's yeah. probably a very basic way of describing it um but it also has epic waterfalls so but these are obviously dry falls which would be fossilized waterfalls mm -hmm. okay so and these things are like absolutely enormous like they're not a piddly little streamy thing these things are what did unbelievable. you call it um the channeled scablands and it's a really vast area i'm googling you can continue okay, <laughs> okay. so then, um, so, so the, some of these are 50 miles long and three miles wide and 
uh, hundreds of feet deep. So, like I said, very big. Mm. So, a geologist believed um, that uh, Rain speaks to in this episode believes that it was caused by heavy flooding that took place sometime in the last ice age, um, and the area looks sort of like it's been torn apart. Is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. Now, prior to flooding, um, there was miles of Iceland's holding enough water to fill oceans. So. Obviously, before that water would have flooded, so before the last ice age, it would have been much colder. It would have been like, you know, like, what, Antarctica and that basically is now. That's yeah. what it would have been. Um, and it would have been part of the ice sheet. So freshwater lakes formed, like, glaciers, um, like Lake Missoula, um, and they would have contained as much water as modern lakes, as the modern Lake Erie, which I quite liked because that name was quite cool, and Ontario combined, covering most of what today is northwestern Montana. Yeah. So, very vast area. So, the current theory is that Lake Missoula was blocked by a natural ice dam that then burst, causing water to flood west. And to account for all the scarring on the landscape, ge- geologists theorise that the ice dams then re- like, uh, like refroze and reformed, um, and burst again and again, causing several floods over thousands of years, creating the Scabland. So it wasn't just one, it just kept freezing. Yeah, like it got yeah. a bit colder again, like, almost like when you seasons. Yeah, yeah. But it did that. Um, and they theorise that there's been between 80 to 90 floodings. Yeah. It's very interesting to look at it. It's kind of like the Grand Canyon, but a mm. bit more mossy. And then obviously there's like giant potholes. So where yeah. it looks... Yeah, okay. It's very interesting. It, it was a really bizarre area to look at yeah. you know, when they brought it into the thing. But I think it feeds in nicely to the whole apocalyptic area sort of Yeah, because like where it's located is very strange. Like mm. Washington State. Yeah, very interesting area. Mm, okay. okay. Yep. So some believe it was not the work of thousands of years, but instead a single, a singular deluge lasting just a few weeks. So a major mm. catastrophic yeah. event. And then it wasn't just water mixing um, with crashing ice. Okay, sorry. And then it wasn't just water, but in fact, water mixing with cracking icebergs, ripping land apart and pulling down rocks, completely changing the landscape, which I also think Mm -hmm. is plausible. Mm -hmm. Flood waters would then gouge an immense waterfall into the sides because Mm -hmm. of the sheer pressure. And the size, uh, one the size of of more than 10 Niagara Falls put together. So this thing is massive. Um, it would be two and a half times taller, seven times the width, and three thousand times more powerful. Um, so then they go on to something called the Camus Prairie, and it sort of ripples in the landscape, similar to those that you'd find on the beach. You know when the tide goes out and the sand goes a bit ripply? Yeah. So see, each time it comes in and yeah. it goes back out, it leaves a mark. Yeah. So these are between, at this place, are between 30 and 50 feet uh, long ripples and uh, which would suggest that suggest suggest that large amounts of water sat on the landscape and then withdrew and then came back out so depending on who you want to look at rather than it being a singular event that one would suggest something over a slight more period of time yeah or could you say it just gradually went further and further out it could have been a catastrophic event which caused initial flooding but it took a long time for it to eventually go away depending on how you want to look at it, it could fit either of those things, yeah. if you like. So, 1,200 miles south, in the US-Mexico border, 
a place called is a place called Maury Springs. Okay, so in 2007, an area of exposed earth was discovered to contain something called black mat. Now, that is a layer and it represents the extinction layer. So it's basically anything that was below where you would find like mammoth bones and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And within it, they found the bones uh, relating to American horses, camels, dire wolves, and saber toothed cats, which. Um, so obviously that's, they're more related to more a modern civilization. Yeah. But what were they doing mixed in with that? But also those animals would have quite often been put together because you would have farmed them Mm. together, which would support Graham's idea of a lost civilization because they were already farming and doing things together, Mm. which would explain why these particular animals were all found together. Mm. Um, so it supports that basically. So, so far, not a single one of these has ever been found above that layer. There was also evidence of extinction of human beings. So, obviously, human bones found mm-hmm. in there. So, we, we already knew people were around before the last Ice Age. But the fact that there's both human and certain types of animals together might support a civilization. Yeah. Okay. So, chemical analysis of the black mat um, was then done. And they found melted glass... Uh, spherules so a clue to high temperature event happened so it's not basically it's where the temperatures really rise it's not enough to completely burn the earth away but it, it produces other chemicals that are a bit gluey like you know when you melt glass and it goes to the funny it's not liquid but yeah like a molten thing they yeah. found chemical elements of that within this black matte layer so that would suggest at that period and time when these other things were going to be extinct, there was a massive heat up of the earth, okay. which would support comets or asteroids falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Hence the apocalyptic event. Yeah. Okay. Which could also, if you want to say the floods were either just before or at a similar time, that massive rise in temperatures might cause those massive ice planes yeah. to fall apart. Yep. Okay. So there was also a peak in plutonium and iridium, which is not something that's commonly found on this planet, Mm. okay? So the only thing that can produce that is some sort of cosmic impact, which would suggest it was elements of broken up asteroid or a comet, which again supports the theory of an apocalyptic event. Yeah. Okay, so could this event have happened at the end of the Younger Dryas and happened well before... Sorry. So could it have happened at the end of the Younger Dryas? So we've had the floods first. You could either have had the floods first or at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or this catastrophic event of the comets and the asteroids could have caused the mass flooding. Um, Obviously, we know it's not impossible for the asteroids and comets to hit because we had it before with the dinosaurs. So it's not not plausible. So the damage caused um, when the dinosaurs were obviously wiped out is still visible in some parts of the Earth today. And similar similar layers were found at Murray Springs. So those ones in the black map were similar to those at the the layers yeah. found at the time the dinosaurs went extinct. Yeah. So that then supports the theory of it was another similar event. Yeah. Okay. So it was after that discovery at Murray Springs that researchers set up an investigation to see if it was visible anywhere else. And it was all across the world in certain different places. So it's not just impacted that area, it's impacted everywhere. So, currently, black mat sites have been found across North America, including California and Michigan and New Jersey, but also in Belgium, Syria, um, 
and lots of impact dates and they all roughly date back to 12,800 years ago which was actually at the beginning of the last ice age so these are obviously it's a suggestion of a major event Mm. it's happening about the time but at the same time if you want to go back to some of these megaliths they also date back to this time but how did they get built that early unless someone a bit more advanced yeah. was building them. That's effectively what this event is building up to. And then you've got places like Dereninku. Mm. Have they have these events started to happen and everyone's thought we must go underground because they're already more advanced than what we currently believe them to be. Yeah, yeah. Have they dug out these hideouts and think we'll ride out, ride possibly. It out. It'll only last for so long. Yeah, possibly. They might have already discovered the whole thing yeah. about the dinosaurs and we just don't know about it. True. Maybe some of them were even around if we mm. want to argue that. There you go. Like, we don't know. Descendants of the people. Yeah. (laughs) So it would also explain the sudden increase in the water. Obviously, if the comet had hit the ice caps and the ice sheets, that would force the water and ice fragments south, and it would also cause a sudden mass flood. Mm. You have that on a massive scale all around the world. Then, like all the other places like Malta, and the very first one in Indonesia, those areas, instead of being mainland, they're now becoming islands. Okay. So, basically, Graham is putting forward from the end of this whole series that he believes there was a brief but intense cosmic storm bringing debris to Earth, causing a major event. Um, In their theory, they don't think that the Earth was hit by a full comet, rather debris and fragments from one which shattered and littered the entire Earth, hence there being lots of separate impaction sites. Yeah. these would then have released water vapour and clouds of dust causing temperatures to plunge. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, yeah, block sun. I was like, sin. and that's sun. Okay, so obviously they, as these have hit the ground, they would have caused massive cloud plumes, but like on a massive scale, we're not just talking about a little bit of a cloudy day. It would have obviously sent uh, temperatures plummeting, which could account for a second bit of an ice age mm-hmm. because the temperatures are plummeting. The sun is now blocked, so it can't heat up as we would normally. So it goes from being a burning thing to now it's gone so cold because we've locked the sun out. Yeah. However, that was met with some cynicism because they think that the comet came from a torrid meteor stream, which a patch of sky, which the Earth passes through twice a year in late June and late October. So weirdly, that for me coincides with um, like the solstices, although it's slightly out. But they're basically saying like, no, it wouldn't have lasted that long so his theory isn't plausible based solely on that i don't really Mm. i don't get why that's the only thing like knocking it out so but however if that did happen when the sort of the way they sort of end the episode is basically graham ties it all up and he goes it would explain why all these things are linked with stuff to do with the sky but because this catastrophic event has happened they've now suddenly become obsessed with the skies mm. or they already were obsessed with god maybe we'd had previous ones before obviously this ice age would have happened over a period of time so let's say the beginning of the last ice age is when they civilization was advanced enough that they could start building structures and start tracking the skies more apocalyptic events keep ha- happening in certain areas so they're tracking it yeah um, and this is where their obsession with astrology and all the skies happen is because they're trying to track these things to prevent it. Then at the end of the last ice age, after the flooding, we lose a lot mm. of people or mm. a large percentage of the population. 
and but that those that do survive obviously then go into writings and like we must warn people not to do this because this will happen again or this is what we need to look out for yeah and this is where religious stories and myths come from mm. these people then mix with neanderthals that wouldn't have been part of these civilizations at the beginning of the ice age yeah they then all come together and this is when the modern human civilization was developed after the end of the ice age so rather than it being the first civilization it was the modern civilization is basically graham's theory and Makes he thinks sense. there was an ancient civilization and that's basically how the series ends and i think based on everything that he sort of looked at and the dating yes there's nothing scientific or factually like you can't completely prove it but they also can't like no one's disproved Disprove it. it yeah and to me that's where i think like why is no one looking at it? like it'd be so interesting for people to go and have a look at it because i think it, it, I don't think what he's saying... I think it makes sense. Mm. I don't think it's too far-fetched. No. Like, it's not like I said, he's coming up with the whole alien conspiracy. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything he said, I know there could have been bits that he's missed out yep. because it contradicts what he wants to say. But on a whole, I think it's quite plausible. I don't it think is. it's too far-fetched. It does. It's plausible. I... Yeah. I see where he's coming from. Yeah, I, and I do think it was a mixture. I don't think it was a single event. I don't think it was just a flood or just astral. I think it was a period. And I said, these ice ages last a long time. And you could impart, it's like now, effectively, it's the same as climate change today, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We're still living in it. We're just suffering in different areas with different things. And we're just trying to tackle problems. Maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah. All those years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, just on a different scale. And that's why we've seen these different type of megaliths. The one that trying to track different things but also then these ones in Derinunku where they've got an underground civilization was at a time when asteroids and comets hit and it was like we must go underground, underground. and take everything with us to preserve life mm. and then as an outcome from that when everyone survived that's become the story like things with Noah's Ark because they know that that's what helps people survive mm. it's not a made-up story it's based off something that actually happened well yeah but how do you... Pre- it's like something that happened 100 years ago. You could meet someone... Well, you're not going to because they'll be dead. But they could say, well, this happened, but no history books have recorded it. We might take it as, oh, well, it's a tale they're telling us. It's a moral of the story. But actually, it did happen. We just didn't witness it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what some historical things, like folklore, I think some of it must come from somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, and... it's like, oh why did you come up with it yeah but i do think it holds a lot of base obviously a lot of these it's obviously the myths aren't necessarily some of them are religious based but not all of them yeah. but i do wonder if that's where this is where a lot of religions have stemmed from was this single yeah event yeah and i think it's quite plausible you've got to it base is. it off something it is and it's better to base it off something that actually happened it's easier to create it yeah. a story if you like based off something that happened so what do you do even as a fiction writer you base it off reality yeah. yeah so why why wouldn't they start religions based off this particular event it's almost like i said it's like a moral of the story like you must do this or this, this will happen. happen yeah and we know it will happen because it happened before yeah but i just like i felt for him especially all the links with like the serpents and the stars it was just so many reoccurring of the same things and yes they were on opposite sides of the world but i don't think it wasn't plausible to say that those people wouldn't have traveled at the no. time they just would have had to been much more advanced yeah than what historians like to believe because at this point they literally have them as little cavemen mm. and that's it mm. but i think they were more than likely probably quite a bit more advanced i think we still had neanderthal and cavemen like people like now you've got people of different intellects why can't you exactly but also and this is the thing when they're like oh no this wouldn't happen 
Do we not still have indigenous tribes in places now? They haven't bought into the whole modern technology thing. Exactly. So if they can still survive, I why think is it not possible like all yeah. those years ago? I think it's because it's an ignorance. Oh, like they didn't know any better, but we do. Mm. No. I just it's uh, in a weird way it's like history repeating itself. Yeah, exactly. This is why it's like when it it is ancient aliens. It's like you're just because they're not alive now. Yeah. You think that they're not capable of what they clearly were capable of. Yeah. And that's it. Like I said I think I think there's he's got a pretty valid point. Yeah. Um, but it does make you wonder if they go back like how far did it go back like mm. I, I want them to uncover it and discover it and then they find out that I don't know like a billion years ago we were actually still alive then you know when they when they do like um, <clears throat> life's gonna end or like this one's gonna burn us in a hundred years or two hundred years or something I'm like have they been saying that for that. the last have they been saying that for the last billion years and then it hasn't and actually we've been around for a hell of a lot longer than we've ever realised well I think we're good at looking out meaning like we're good at looking like when the big bang started mm-hmm. we're good at looking at that we're not good at looking at like everything on earth because yeah, we can cause... document it more if we look out yeah than we I are here the weird thing i always remember at school and i always used to get really confused with the timelines of things because i always thought there was a big bang the dinosaurs then the egyptians to me that's how yeah. it was explained to me at school yeah. and there was nothing in between what they fail to mention is how many years there Period. was yep. between each yeah. of those events yeah and you just think, oh, like, that's the order. Like, because they've put it in that order, that's just what happened. Like, yeah, we had... Hold on, I'm going to Google there's, like, Cleopatra and Woolly Mammoth. I swear <laughs> it was a thing. Like, time-wise, they were at the same time. And I was like, wait, but they're, like, in the Ice Age. But maybe the were if there was another Cleopatra in an ancient civilization. Maybe. So maybe they're not wrong. Maybe there was another Cleopatra. Maybe. And they've just found it evidence of an ancient civilization and they've just like lumped it in they're like oh no it can't be for that time 17 facts that sound fake but are true let's see right okay let me find the cleopatra one this is why we can uh edit haha <laughs> oh okay you told a lie cleopatra lived closer in time to the building of the first pizza hut than the building of the pyramids oh, okay so this is why i might get confused with the uh you're spreading misinformation, Natasha. Ah. And on that note, the woolly mammoth still roamed the earth while the pyramids were being built. That's the link that oh, was right, connected. Okay. So, yeah, okay, that's why I remembered woolly mammoth okay. and Cleopatra. They were closely. And like I said, if you want to support the whole ancient civilization, they definitely were because woolly mammoths were around with a much more advanced civilization. So maybe there was another Cleopatra. It was just an earlier Cleopatra and she had a woolly mammoth as a pet. The last woolly mammoth died as late as 1650 BC. Yeah. Uh, By this time, the Egyptian empire was already extremely advanced and building pyramids. Yes. That's why I knew there was like a link. Well, it'd be like the people, even though most things went extinct, it was probably like the last one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was two boys, so they couldn't make babies. But I knew there was a like connection between like Cleopatra yeah, and got the pyramids. Because you always think of woolly mammoths like there's only one, one type, but there's also so many different yeah. types of woolly mammoths. Because that's effectively where elephants have come from. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see of, one. In between, when I think of woolly mammoth, I always think of the heifer lump from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, or Ice Age and yeah. the little baby peaches. I want a little heifer lump. <laughs> I mean, they're not little, are they? They're absolutely fucking massive. But they are huge. I don't think we could keep one in the garden. No. 
but yes, so that is the part two of this mega mega lifts mega episode. It is mega because they're both equally like I, one I hour and a half. Probably <laughs> we're going to be, but I didn't know I couldn't make it any shorter. Like, I couldn't have left any of those bits out, otherwise mm. I, it wouldn't have made it as plausible. I would have just been like, yeah, there's loads of temples that all have the same symbol, and he's saying that they were that represents that they were from a long time ago. The, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of had to go into each place. Like, I literally because I did cut a couple out. Like I briefly mentioned them, like in nowhere near as much detail, because they were almost identical to another one and i think so i just picked out the key ones in each episode so like i said if you're really interested in this and like either you've struggled with my explanation um or you want more of a visual then i'd recommend going to listen to the episode uh the sorry the series on netflix uh it was called ancient apocalypse and there is eight episodes i think they're roughly half an hour each so um i did binge watch it in one go purely because i needed to write this episode um but i did enjoy it and i thought it was quite valuable what he had to say it is um like i said at the beginning of episode one you have got to accept that not everything you said in here might be factually correct he might have distorted parts because mm-hmm. he wants it to fit his theories but on a whole i don't think it's too far no it's not too far fetched no said. no it's and not. Like, it'd be interesting to see some of the things maybe get interested in. well, i don't know if the internet can do one thing you know where like it blows everything up and like it almost forces them that they've got to go and have a look now because everyone's mentioned this thing and someone's like yeah we're gonna move after even if they disproved him do you know what i mean i actually want to know the answer i don't want it to be like yeah we've got this but we don't know because we haven't looked yeah it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, to me it's a pathetic excuse yeah look okay it needs funding and you've got to do all these careful testing i know it's not simply to just go and they scrape a bit of sand and then like yeah that's from twelve thousand years ago it, there's a lot more to it than that but surely somewhere someone has the money to do that Ask a billionaire. Yeah. Maybe we should set up a fund. Like, maybe little olders should start it off somewhere. Do, do you know any billionaires? I'll have to Google that. And then Can just we have a email billion? them all. <laughs> yeah, just email them all. Like, yeah, I've got a bit of a project I want to do. Mm. Would you mind sending me a few pennies to uh, get on with that? And like, if it turns out really good, oh, this is how you put them up. You go, we'll credit you for it. If it... <laughs> for Bezos. discovering it, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe that's the way forward. We just yeah. have to lure in some billionaires. Mm. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm sure that'll be easy to do. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so no, thank you to Eves for recommending this series for us to have a little look at. And hopefully everyone has enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And if anyone else has something that they want us to look at, whether it be an individual little case or a whole series, um, we're obviously quite open to doing that. So if you want to do that feel free to message us and in a minute we'll explain how you can get in contact with us yeah if you want to but in the meantime keep creeping and we'll keep digging thank you for listening to today's episode yeah hopefully you enjoyed it and if you did then maybe you'd like to either contact us about our episode uh you can find us on instagram under the graveyard girls pod cast we think at least write pod in and then you it's you, one of them it's definitely the graveyard girls pod on tiktok yes but yeah if you head over to that then um obviously we po- make posts related to each episode so if you want to drop something in the comments there mm-hmm. or you could send us a direct message if you wanted to um you can also email us through our instagram but if you want to go old school and open up your actual emails you can email us on the graveyard girls pod at, at gmail.com. gmail.com um alternatively if that's not 
the way you want to go, you can find us on our website, which is also linked on our Instagram. Which is thegraveyardgirls.co.uk because we couldn't afford .com. Yes. Um, yeah, on there you can send us messages through that, either direct messages. I think you can email us through that as well. You can. Um, you can subscribe on there so you could get updates if we... Do them. If we do them. <laughs> But most of the updates come from Instagram, so just check that out. But also on the website, we have our own shop where yes. you can get merch. More stuff is coming, coming very soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you can obviously you can listen to that. And then I, have we linked in our Patreon on there as well? Yes, Patreon. There's a link on there for Patreon. Or alternatively, you can go to Patreon directly and look for the Graveyard Girls. No, Graveyard Girls <laughs> podcast, and you could subscribe. Where you can there's a couple of different tiers at the minute. Yeah, uh, they all vary. The very first one doesn't unlock anything. That's purely support for the show. Um, but the any tiers after that, any of the higher ones, I think the next one up is like three pounds. Yeah, um, that starts unlocking bonus episodes. And as we go along, we'll add extra little goodies in, like T-shirts. And then we're going to add more as we go along. we just got to organise our tiers a bit better now that we're adding new content. So we want to make some more more a bit relevant to that and sort of expand on what we've already got. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you want to come and join us over there. We'll have, there's a lot more episodes over there. The bonus episodes include things like, like I suppose, like little mini history episodes. Mini history, um some more there is some more true crime on there true crime and mysteries the rest of the witch trial season yeah is on there and it's anything that like we feel is interesting is interesting (laughs) it is interesting that wouldn't fit in the normal yeah in the mainstream one yeah um, yeah, so a lot of our main episodes as well, they're linking quite nicely. We've got a little sub-series up on Patreon. So if you liked the main episodes, you can go and have a little look at those. Because like for this, like this is a serial killer one. Oh no. This is... <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> We're tired. Uh, we do have another podcast, if you could be so kind to check out. Yes, very different mm-hmm. from this. It's called Hidden in the Hollows. It's scripted. Yeah. And it's very... It's acted. It's terrible acting. (laughs) Loosely by us. But it's it's something... It was a thing we wanted to test out. Yeah. So yeah, if you search for that, it is done by us. But it's not under the Graveyard Girl. So if you search for Hidden in the Hollows. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all of our little extra bits. I think so. So yeah, hopefully you join us again for another episode. Yes, join us every week, every Wednesday. Um, and Patreon on Thursday. Yes. And Hidden, Hidden in, in the Hollows on a Friday. Friday. <laughs> We're so good at this. How are we ending it? Just like that. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>